0: around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome back to The Shepherd's Pie, A Slice of Hope to Raise Faithful Kids. I'm Tony Kolank, a professor at Ave Maria School of Law and the author of the medieval young adult series, The Harwood Mysteries. Today, we'll be speaking with Alison Gingras, a social media evangelizer and the mother of an adopted child. We'll be speaking about adoption and raising faithful families. My guest today is Allison Gingris, the founder of ReconciledToYou.com, where she shares her faith with relational stories, lots of laughter, and authentic honesty. She's a blogger and the author of several popular books. She's also a podcaster, a social media evangelizer. Her writing includes Encountering Signs of Faith and the Stay Connected Journals for Women. In addition to all that, she's a digital media specialist for Family Rosary and the Fall River Diocese. Allison, welcome to The Shepherd's Pie.
1: Thank you so much, Tony, for having me on.
0: So you have got a lot of things going on in your background and in your (laughs) life. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing, uh, maybe uh, how you got started into this business of being a social media evangelizer and very successful author.
1: Well, I think I should probably start my bio with I'm a professional multitasker. I really do love being able to do so many different things. I've been super blessed in my life professionally. I was actually a paralegal. And then when my first son was born prematurely, I went into child care. And then because I can't just do anything simply, I actually went and got my master's degree and was an adjunct professor teaching early childhood education, became a professional in the area of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, because I've realized that not only did my son have that, but I as well, then we decided to adopt. And when we decided to do an adoption and it was not a fertility situation, honestly, it was this idea that I wanted to just bring a child into my home that needed one. And we were led to adopt from China, but I just saw this an opportunity as for a career shift because I didn't want to have her have to share me after sharing parenting with so many people. She wasn't in an orphanage. She was in a foster home. I just started looking at what could I do? What is needed? What kind of what skills do I have? I think everybody at some point kind of does that. Like what skills do I have and how can I use them? And I really saw social media is a good, like there's so much good to it, but many of us lacked the skills to use it for good, to bring faith to the world to share our stories. And it was actually my daughter's adoption story that I wanted to get out there. And that's kind of how I started into Facebook and Instagram and really showing your life in a more social public way. But I wanted to do it well. So I started to because again, don't do anything halfway. (laughs) I started to study all the ways social media was used well and effectively and in marketing. And that's kind of how I literally stumbled into this incredible new role in my life being a digital content and social media specialist.
0: And I noticed a lot of uh, the books that I see for you on Amazon, uh, they almost are devotionals and and you're editing some of these. So how, how did that all happen?
1: Well, I discovered my own journey to a deeper faith really came from spending time in the Bible and the word of God. And I just didn't see a lot of options out there for Catholic women, for women. And I wanted to be that voice. And I brought the problem to God and God said, yep, you do it. (laughs) And having a degree in English and have been writing my whole life, I have more journals in my home than actual books. It seemed like just a natural fit for me. So I started to put them together and I was really blessed to have them picked up by our Sunday visitor, And I helped edit a devotional with Ave Maria Press called Called by Name 365 Days. That's a big one.
0: It's a lot of editing. And then, how did uh, this whole Reconcile to You website begin?
1: So, that came back in 2007 or 8, and blogging was super popular back then. And I, again, loved to write and I wanted to share my story of coming back to the faith and discovering. I came from a really dark place in my life where I was struggling with anxiety and depression and really looking for a way to to find hope in the world. And I obviously did it through going to a doctor and also for a time being on medication, but really to sustain it and to continue to find that hope really came from finding the Lord. And so then I wanted to share that journey. Plus, I also wanted to share the beauty of being a mom and sharing our, again, our adoption story. and. I homeschooled my two older biological children. And so it was just a lot I felt that I had to share. And people read it, so I kept sharing.
0: Your latest book, Encountering Signs of Faith, My Unexpected Journey with Sacramentals, the Saints, and the Abundant Grace of God. Uh, The title of the book does not jump out as an adoption story, but my understanding is that this is, in fact, the adoption story you wanted to tell.
1: It is, and it's a great play on words. My daughter's name is Faith because it took all the faith I had in the world to kick this woman filled with anxiety on an airplane to China and to bring home a little girl who was almost four years old, but also profoundly deaf. So her name is Faith. And the book begins with discerning how we decided on adoption, which country we'd go to, even how God revealed to us that she would indeed be deaf. And then it goes through the process of bringing her home, meeting her, having her reject me and how we worked through all of that, building trust with her. It was a beautiful lesson. I think for any parent or grandparent who's trying to bond with a child, I talk all about how we, not only I used my faith, but also my experiences as an early childhood educator to build that bond and trust with her. And then I wanted to teach her the faith, but she had no language at all. Can you imagine not at four years old, not have been able to learn how to share what was on your heart, what was in your what your thoughts. She had no way of communicating, but I didn't want to wait for her to learn American sign language, to teach her the faith. So I started to use the tangibles, the visuals of our Catholic faith to teach her about God and about heaven and the saints and all the beautiful things that come with our faith.
0: Bringing her into your home and trying to Build trust. I'm assuming this is actually something that is probably a common experience where kids are adopted, especially if they're older, into a family. Can you address that a little bit? How how does a family build trust with uh, a child who's adopted into their home?
1: One of the things that our agency, we use China Adoption with Love, and one of the, our agency made us take courses in bonding, how to bring a child into your home. As smoothly as possible, we know that there's always bumps in the road, but how could we navigate that? And it really worked beautifully with my education and early childhood education, because building trust is basically a cycle. It is seeing a need in that child, either physical, emotional, mental, and meeting that need as quickly and as effectively and as completely as one can. And then they see you as this place of trust. So for instance, my daughter really struggled to bond with me at the beginning. She loved my husband instantly, but I don't know if it's because perhaps in her experiences for the three years that she wasn't with us, that there was a a woman that she struggled with, that she couldn't bond with. So I had to really work extra hard and I was willing to work extra hard because I knew it would be worth it in the end. So everything she needed, every morsel of food, toothbrushing, clothes, baths, every single physical need she had, I would provide for her until she was ready for me to start giving her the emotional, that that loving need. She wouldn't let me touch her. She wouldn't let me hug her. And I wasn't going to force that. In the meantime, I just made sure she knew I was a safe person she could rely on who would provide the things that she needed. And over time, it actually didn't even take that long. I was very, very blessed that within about two weeks, she started to see me as that person and allowed me to then, she'd sit on my lap. I couldn't put my arms around her, but she'd sit on my lap and just being patient with that process. But knowing that all trust is built in the same cycle. We have a need. It is met quickly and efficiently and as completely as possible. And then there's a contentment and we kind of continue through that cycle.
0: Now, that must have been tough, though, to work through, you know, some of the emotions that I would imagine you as a new mom at that time would have had. Any any advice on, uh, you know, how families can work through that kind of internal dialogue when you're being rejected?
1: I think looking at the child and understanding this is a tough lesson, but it's not about you. And that's something I had to understand very deeply what was happening wasn't about me the child didn't even know me she wasn't rejecting who i was it was a process that her little brain had to go through like she's being taken from the only life she knows and placed with complete strangers like we had pictures of her but and she was supposed to have pictures of us but she didn't know us she didn't understand what was happening Allowing myself to see this wasn't about me. This is a really hard thing for her. And that everything was about how can I help my daughter through this process that helped me mentally. I mean, of course, of course, I cried at first and I kind of railed against God. Like, you brought us here and you gave us all of this, you know, all these signs that this is what we were supposed to do and this is what we have. Luckily, also, our agency was really beautifully organized and we had with us a doctor on the trip who he said this is super normal this is natural behavior that the child will attach to one parent but it might take a while to attach to other people in the family because there's a lot they have to process and i think we're understanding that is really the key to how families can navigate that difficult time
0: what about God in this? Like you talked about that you really felt called to adopt. Maybe, maybe you talk about that a little bit. What were the signs that you saw in your own life and that, that people, I don't know if other if this is a common occurrence when people adopt some of these feelings they might have?
1: The foundation for all of this was having this really great prayer life, which I don't say it was like perfect prayer life, but spending time in prayer and conversation with God so that I was prepared to hear what he had for me to do. Like, I feel like if you're breathing, God has a plan for you. And we just have to be open to whatever that is. And it came kind of as this little nudge of adoption. Like, we had had two children, they were both premature. And I still wanted to add to the family, but I was open to however God wanted to do it. And adoption had been something I thought about many years ago when I was a kid, but I hadn't thought about in, in a long time as an adult. But this started to come back to me, this nudge. And so I just asked the Lord just to guide the process. Like, I don't know, like, where do I get this child from? You've seen my bank account, Lord. How are we going to pay for it? Um, How will I know which child is mine? That was my biggest fear because having given birth, you give birth, you know which child God intended for you. But when you're adopting, there can be lots of choices. So I was very nervous about making sure I made the right decision according to God's plan. And he was so beautiful and gentle and so godlike, and answered every question to, to the point where just a couple of the, the stories that I share in, in Encountering Signs of Faith, like which adoption agency? Like, that's a simple, that's a big question, right? On a Friday at the preschool, one of my parents came in. They had just finished an adoption, but with a different agency. She said, I, I know you're kind of thinking about adoption. I want to tell you, China adoption with love, you will really, they'll be perfect for you. The next day we were on retreat, the person on retreat with us came up and said, you know, I I heard you talk a little bit about adoption. Can I recommend China Adoption with Love? It's adoption for dummies. Like, "Uh, okay. And then Sunday, like three days in a row, I was helping with the choir at church. And these three young ladies who played Chinese dulcimers told me they were doing a fundraising concert for, you guessed it, China Adoption with Love. And I was like, oh my goodness, God, you're so good. He left nothing, even to the point of standing in mass just the day before we're going to sign all the paperwork. And I'm like, Lord, are you sure? Like my two boys are like under the seat and crawling all over the place and being disruptive. I'm like, Lord, you've seen how great a job I've done with these two. Not like why would you send me more kids? And just as I'm having this argument with him in my head, the deacon says during the prayer of the faithful, may all the orphans of the world find good homes. It was just goosebumps, right? Like it was crazy. And it wasn't that God was doing this because I'm this Jesus freak, but because I'm his beloved and we're all his beloved. And when we pray, he promises to answer, ask, seek, knock, and you will, he will respond. He will tell you. And he He really in spades did that for us during this adoption process.
0: That's pretty cool. So you mentioned uh, your two boys that you already had. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about what it's like bringing an adopted child uh, into a family where you have other children, and how you know you can help uh, those children accept the child and and you know really integrate the child into the family.
1: Another wonderful question. Uh, my sons were. Well, there were seven and 10 when we started the process, 10 and 13 before she actually came home. Adoption can be a very long process, especially foreign adoption in in China specifically. It took a lot of conversation. Most adoption agencies will tell you to adopt in birth order, not to go out of birth order. There's uh, some strong arguments and research done to keep in order. So they were older. So we were bringing in this baby. It was so funny. I really wanted a baby baby. And I was like, "I want I want this do over God. Like, I want to do it over." And then we found out she was going to be three, which God had revealed to me in prayer. And I found out my older son had been praying for a toddler because he didn't want to be the age difference to be so large. He wanted to have time and be able to spend with her. So I thought that was really sweet, how he could see God answering his prayer while he was answering Aras and Faithy's as well. It was just a lot of conversations, really showing them the pictures that we had, talking about why we were doing this, why we felt called to it, asking them questions, letting them express their feelings. My older one was 100% on board, thrilled to pieces. The middle one, who was at the time the baby, really struggled with this idea of being oust, by this little girl. And I think that's normal for any baby when you're adding another child to the family. And it's really all about conversation, letting people express their thoughts, not feeling that you're failing in some way when your child is not as thrilled as you are about this great thing that God is asking you to do or about this this new chapter in your life. And just allowing them to express those feelings doing whatever you can to uh, you know, help them be more comfortable with it. And just like us, the minute they saw her, they were both madly in love with her. And it was really precious. But we had, again, three years to prepare for it. Not everybody usually get nine months for that, right? So again, conversation and letting people express how they feel, I think is the best way to go about that.
0: One of the things I always wonder about is you have that awkward moment you're talking to somebody with an adopted child, like how do I refer to this child? You know, um, biological versus adopted, and and this kind of thing. I'm I'm wondering, you know, what did you do to maybe um, have your daughter feel less singled out as the uh, the adopted child in the family? Is that a thing that families should be thinking about?
1: Well, in our case, because we are. Different ethnicities, it's kind of obvious that she's adopted. And I think that's beautiful. I love that witness that it's a pro life issue. Like, I don't think people look at adoption as this pro life side of it, like being an adoptive parent. And I also really, truly feel that mothers who give their children for adoption are heroes. It's such a difficult decision. And it just moves me to tears when I think about how strong and how beautiful that is to want that child to have a life and have it abundantly if they're not able to offer that themselves. So we didn't really, I mean, I just call her my daughter. I don't say she's my adopted daughter, but when people ask, I'm happy to give them all the details they want and talk about adoption as much as they want. People are usually pretty kind about it. People will say things like, well, it's good that you had children of your own before adopting. And that just breaks my heart. I wish people would understand that this is my child. God gave her to me. However, a child comes into your life. This is a gift from God. And just to be more mindful of how they speak. People would find out she was deaf and apologize. Oh, I'm so sorry. Or they thought perhaps we were duped did you get to china and they swapped her with a deaf child and i was like oh my goodness where do your thoughts come from how sad i said no we 100 percent wanted a child with special needs and we're thrilled to have her and if you ask my daughter she will tell you she's happy deaf we get woken up in the middle of the night with thunderstorms and she sleeps soundly and she will tease us about it <laughs>
0: Now, what about, I know you you talk about this idea about um, we're all adopted in some way. Has that been a concept you've been able to use with your family?
1: Absolutely. Being baptized, we're adopted into the family of God and being created by him, where his daughters and sons and understanding that idea that we're all adopted, I think is really important because then we see the beauty of it. One of the things that I really struggled with, Tony, was my fear that Because I had biological children, that adopting her, I wouldn't love her as much as I loved them. This was a true fear that I had. Like I carried them, I felt them squirm. Like I saw them the second they were born, and I was receiving her almost four years into her life. And it wasn't even a moment. It wasn't even a second of an issue. The minute I saw her, I just knew. And if somebody is is struggling to overcome that, I just really want to encourage them to bring it to the Lord and ask for the grace in that moment, just to pour into your heart. I had asked for that grace and I know that he had given it to me. I was in adoration worrying about this and he just poured it into my heart that you will love her because I've given her to you. And so I really want to encourage people if they're struggling and in that way, in any way, shape, form, or even like a grandparent, my father-in-law had a very hard time with that um transition and just i just prayed for him he just spent time with her and built that relationship like relationships don't happen instantly and we have to give ourselves some time and some space to get to know that person but to really to allow god to be a part of that process as well
0: you talk about in your book raising your adopted child in the faith especially the fact that she had special needs uh, what are some things that families can do to, you know, raise an adopted child in, in the faith, especially if they're coming from a different culture where maybe that's not the majority faith in that nation, even?
1: Let them go at their pace. I, I really felt like it, we had some struggles with faith in mass at the beginning, and just didn't understand what was happening. And I, you know, I wanted so badly for her to love church, and I had to step back again and let her go at her pace. We would visit different churches. I, I really use stained glass windows and statues to kind of give her these beautiful images and, and ways of interacting with the faith as she kind of warmed up to it. Loved stained glass windows. You know They were created for the illiterate, for people who did not have, who couldn't read to encounter the faith. So there's such a perfect way for us as the faithful to introduce the faith to somebody, especially young. Or someone who's different language and they're still trying to learn our language. So we used a lot of tangibles, the holy water, lighting candles, smelling the incense, all of that, kind of just bringing in every modality I could find to help her really feel the faith that we were introducing to her.
0: And so, how do you address that in this book? Because it sounds like a fascinating topic. Uh, maybe talk about how you do it in the book a little bit.
1: Yeah, I go through different devotions of the church. We call them sacramentals. Sacramentals prepare our hearts for grace. They're not outpourings of grace, but they prepare ourselves to receive God's grace and to also learn more, enter deeper into prayer, and into practices of our faith. So I go through different ones and just give examples of how we encountered them as a family, but then also give you activities and how you yourself and your family can practice these and really encounter God through them as well.
0: Beautiful. If we've got families out there who have adopted children, whether they be actual children or grandchildren, nieces, nephews, do you have any advice for those folks on this is how you can have that child feel loved and bring them into the faith in their family?
1: Just first of all, being the witness. I mean, that's the best way we evangelize to anybody is just how we live the faith, letting them see you pray the rosary, letting them see you read your scriptures, letting them see you have joy going to mass. I made this mistake as a young mother, just so frazzled by the time I got the two boys wrestled into their Sunday best and hair slicked down, having all their little bed heads, you know, under control wrestled. Just getting them there, I would be so frazzled. And I wouldn't show them that this was a place I loved to come, that this was a place of great peace and joy for me. So I think Being just an authentic, joyful witness of the faith, that child will catch the faith as well. It's taught, but it's really caught.
0: Beautiful. All right. I know you have a book to further talk about adoption. So let's go ahead and make our segue into the entertainment segment. Right In our entertainment segment, I'd like to ask our guests if they have any uh, books or movies that they would recommend to our listeners, especially on the topic of the day. And Allison, I, I understand you brought us a good one.
1: We have a great book by Jamie Stewart-Wolf from the Daughters of St. Paul, Pauline Books and Media, called Adoption, Room for One More. And Jamie really goes through all aspects of it, the preparing to decide First of all, then every step of the way, like what does paperwork look like? How do we pay for this? Where do we even begin to look? And then she goes into the next part of how do we bring this child home? How do we integrate them into our family? Really, every aspect of the adoption process she covers. And I know that Dr. Ray Grundy also has some really great books on adoption, having adopted several children and being a psychologist as well.
0: And so the audience for Jamie's book, you would say, is mostly families who are getting ready to adopt a child?
1: I think it would be anybody in the adoption continuum, anyone that's in the adoption continuum. Obviously, you would probably skip a few of the first chapters if you've already in the process, but I think you'll find great value in the rest of the book. It's, a, it's really comprehensive to all of the aspects. So even if you have already brought home the child, there's still something in that book that will be very beneficial to you
0: okay great and that is called adoption room for one more by jamie stort wolf all right now if folks want to get uh, a hold of some of your books especially encountering signs of faith uh, or just learn more about you and uh, some of your blogging uh, where would you like them to go
1: well, they can go to reconciledtoyou.com, which is my website, and I'm on all social media under that heading as well, Reconciled to You, or you can even look up my name, Allison Gingrass. Drink too much gin, you end up on the grass and you lose an S, and that's how you spell that.
0: <laughs> that may be the most creative way I've ever heard anybody spell their name on the show. Uh, So thank you for that. I'm assuming they also can get all your books on Amazon or uh, any of the places they would normally go or their local Catholic bookstore, maybe.
1: Of course, I always encourage people to go to their local Catholic bookstore, not only because you're patronizing a small local business, but also you're helping other people find that book that you're interested in.
0: Well, Allison, it has been wonderful having you on the show. Really appreciate uh, what what you bring here and your ministry. And um, I had a lot of fun when you interviewed me on on your podcast recently. Uh, So it was just great to be able to uh, kind of return the favor, uh, or actually it was a favor to me both ways, but either way, uh, it's been great having you on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was a pleasure, and I don't get to talk about this adoption subject, which is so dear to my heart very often, so thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to do so.
0: You are welcome. Uh, but that is all the time we have for the show today. We've been speaking with Alison Gingras about adoption and raising faithful families Again, this is Anthony barone Kolank. If you have a question for me or a topic you want me to cover, just drop me a line on my website at antonycolank.com. You can also learn more about my historical fiction series there, The Hardwood Mysteries. Until next time, may God bless you and your families as we work together to raise faithful kids.